Worship in the World is a screen-free worship experience brought to you by Downtown Church. Downtown Church is a community of unfinished people based in Columbia, South Carolina. We believe in asking honest questions while we strive to follow Christ with our own communities, loving people wherever they find themselves on their faith journey. Thank you for being with us today. God, thank you for this morning, for the morning air and for the reminder that your mercies are new every morning. In this season of change, steady us in your unwavering love and call us forth to worship and serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. When I in awesome wonder 
One truth about life is suffering. And sometimes we create suffering in the world and sometimes it just happens to us. 
So knowing our part in creating suffering in our sin in the world and confident in God's forgiveness through Jesus, let us pray together the prayer of admission before you. God, you are great. You bear our burdens. You already know our sin. Still, we admit our sin because we need to hear the words, you are forgiven. Forgive us, God, for when we take you for granted, for when we do not trust your will and design for our lives, forgive us for how we have harmed your creation, each other, and ourselves. grace made visible to us in our baptism is that through Jesus we are forgiven, which means that we get to live in peace. Thanks be to God. Amen. Before I get into the scripture and the sermon, quick announcement we have. We don't pass the offering plate here, but we do have bowls uh, in the, by the doors. If you feel so compelled to donate to the ministry of downtown church, we'll take check, cash, anything, even a kind note will go a long way. Today's scripture comes from Psalm 65, verses 1 through 8. Hear now God's word to us today. Praise is due to you, O God in Zion, and to you shall vows be performed. O you who answer prayer, to you all flesh come. When deeds of iniquity overwhelm us, you forgive our transgressions. Happy are those whom you choose and bring near to live in your courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house, your holy temple. By awesome deeds, you answer us with deliverance. O God of our salvation, you are the hope of all the ends of the earth and of the farthest seas. By your strength, you establish the mountains. You are girded with might. You silence the roaring of the seas, the roaring of the waves, the tumult of the people. Those who live at earth's farthest bounds are awed by your signs. You make the gateways of the morning and the evening shout for joy. The word of God to us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. My old pastor, Christopher, is one of my great mentors. 
He preached my ordination service and he used the scripture Psalm 37. He spoke of the heavy lifting that is required of ministry and how it is ultimately God, not the pastor who does most of the lifting. But before he preached on this Psalm, he said these words that have really stuck with me. He said, when you don't know what to preach, when you don't know what to read, when you don't know what to pray, go to the Psalms. When you're lost, when you feel alone, go to the Psalms. Somewhere in these 150 sacred ancient texts, you'll find something worth hearing. So for my last Sunday preaching at downtown church, that's what I did. And I stumbled upon Psalm 65. Praise is due to you, God. Walter Brueggemann calls it a psalm of reorientation, reorienting ourselves to God's goodness, to God's care, and to God's universal and awesome power. And when I read this scripture, I felt those emotions. I felt God's goodness embodied in so many of you of the kind words and the generous gestures. I felt gratitude to God, to this church, to my family and friends for caring for us, for caring about us in this time of transition. Honestly, the pages of my Bible gained a little bit of water damage. But ultimately, amidst a rush of emotions, I resonated most with verse 8. Those who live at earth's farthest bounds are awed by your signs. Some translations say they are in awe of your wonders. I felt awe. Not the awe that you hear when you look at a baby. Awe. A-W-E. It's the root to one of my favorite words, awesome. And if you know me well, if you've ever sat with me over a coffee or a beer, you know I say it a lot. I love this word. I was just catching up with a youth and she was telling me her plans for the future and I was so proud of her. And I said, that's awesome. That's pretty awesome too. But I said, that's awesome. And she responded, I love that word. It's my favorite word. I said, me too. I say it all the time. And although I say it a lot, I rarely speak about that root feeling of awe. I mean, it's hard to verbalize. It's a sensation beyond complete description, the feeling that pushes us to our emotional boundaries of comprehension, of just standing in appreciation of something that is greater than I am. My favorite definition of awe is that it is the emotion we experience when we encounter vast mysteries that we do not fully understand vast mysteries that we do not fully understand. These aren't the Scooby-Doo mysteries where after 30 minutes of clues and amateur detective work, the mask is taken off. These are the mysteries that are utterly unsolvable. Mysteries like, why would the God of the universe create such a beautiful world? Why do awful things happen to people that we love? How massive is the universe? How and why would God forgive our many, many transgressions? Vast mysteries. And downtown church has been an experience full of mystery. And it began around a dinner table in January of 2020. 
sitting at the Jenkins house with the associate pastor nominating committee, it was the mystery of figuring out who this church was. Asking myself, why do all these people go to the same church? How do all these people go to the same church and not kill each other? How can working at a church be so much fun? How can a church, an institution with so much baggage, so many systems designed to not be flexible, how can this church be so full of creativity and willingness to try something new and maybe fail for the sake of God's kingdom? Big mysteries made up of big questions. And when it comes to questions, I repeatedly fall into the trap of being a bit of a know-it-all especially in the categories in which I feel confident. We start a conversation about Civil War history, obscure movie knowledge, or anything written by Barbara Brown Taylor, and you won't hear the end of it. But the more life I live, the more I realize that my own joy, my own fulfillment, my own happiness comes from the situations that I do not fully know the questions I cannot answer, the things that are beyond my understanding and my full reach. It's the moments of awe. Dr. Keltner is a professor in psychology at UC Berkeley. And he wrote a book all about awe. And he's devoted his life to researching happiness. And he asked this question, how can we live a life enlivened by joy and community and meaning And his answer, find awe. Seek out experiences of awe and wonder. And if I reflect on why I love this place, why I love these people and this God, I've got my classic elevator speech ingrained. It's a funky church with traditional liturgy, amazing music, creative preaching, all in a casual, welcoming atmosphere. And there's good coffee too. But what drew me here and what's kept me here is the way we approach God, the way we approach one another with awe, with seeing the vast mysteries for what they are inexplainable, the goosebumps, the moments of unexpected beauty. Unexpected beauty. And beauty is what I felt, it's what I remember sitting on a rock, 14,000 feet above sea level in the Holy Cross wilderness of central Colorado. Hours after a 14-mile hike to the hut where we would sleep that night, and the 12 of us from this church spent time looking out over this vast wilderness. The the snow-covered peaks, the valleys ablaze with wildflowers. Massive boulders that had fallen from a former rock slide. And the land that reminded us how small we really are. And together, as a part of a little worship service, we named the ways that we see a bit of God and that we see a bit of ourselves in the landscape. Terra Divina, a divine reading of the earth is what we called it. And then we took communion. And in that moment, I wasn't fully able to verbalize why God would lead people up mountains to feel closer to the divine or why I felt so alive or so connected with my new friends, but I stood in awe of that feeling. I stood in awe of that God. Or this past week, I was at a concert, and every time I hear and see musicians play, especially at church, I stand in awe. I have no idea what's happening when Sean plays a chord. 
when LB or Becca or Perry or Zan or Cody sing a note, when Aaron slaps the bass, when Alwyn hits the drums, I don't know what's going on. I know I hear something. I know I feel something when we're invited to join in the chorus singing, how great thou art. I can't quantify or calculate why I feel close to God. But I can stand in awe of the way that God works through music, through musicians, through vibrations of air and sound, of vocal cord inflection, of sound waves bouncing off of walls to make a joyful noise. In 2016, I was working in Raynell, West Virginia with the Appalachia Service Project. And to boost morale and to raise money for our service projects, we would let the volunteers pay to pick what songs we would wake them up to over the loudspeakers each morning. One week, I remember this week really well, as some kind of joke, a guy put down a thousand bucks to make sure everyone had to listen to, we built this city on rock and roll (laughs) all week. It was brutal. (laughs) But we raised money for a new roof, so you win some, you lose some. But one morning, a volunteer, I think his name was Steve, walked into our office and he asked if we could play Here Comes the Sun, the song we opened worship with this morning. We said, absolutely. He put his donation down on the table, but he didn't leave the office. Steve pulled up a chair and he sat down. And he was an older guy, Well, his body looked older than he was. He'd lived a lot of life. And from what he told me, life had rolled him over, leaving him both bruised physically and spiritually. And without prompt, he looked at me and said, you know, Lucas, I've lived a good part of my life hating God, not being sure if God existed, if there was any goodness in the world. But when I hear that song, when I hear that opening guitar riff, I can't quite explain it, but I know God's out there. That's awe. And Keltner studied awe by gathering thousands of stories like those that I just shared from all over the world, from different countries, different religions, different ways of thinking. Epic stories of tragedy, of conquest, of natural exploration, once-in-a-lifetime experiences. All in the stories of being front row at a Led Zeppelin concert or walking into the city of Mecca for the first time. But what surprised me was that across all of these stories, thousands of them, what his research found was that what most led people to experience awe was not vast, breathtaking views in nature. It was not spiritual or religious practices or worship. It wasn't listening to music or seeing magnificent art or architecture. What most led people to experience awe was witnessing other people's courage and kindness and ability to overcome challenges. Moral beauty is what he called it. Moral beauty. And I've seen that. I've seen the awe and the moral beauty of the couple at downtown church who, the couple who used their gifts of love and Southern hospitality to help a family coming out of crisis, who each week tells this person who was once a bit of a stranger, but now part of the family, I got you. Drop the kids off with us. I'm making dinner. You do what you need to do. Take a breath. I got you. 
Awe from the guy who, during the pandemic, received his stimulus check, and he realized, I'm not in a situation where I need this money. And so he looked beyond himself to some of the musicians who make joyful noises here. The ones who live full-time in a gig economy, an economy that had just been decimated, but their bills persisted, and so he anonymously gave that money to them. Keep making beautiful music, he said. Or awe in this holy moment at Montreat Youth Conference. A late-night devotion had broken the dam holding back vulnerability and authenticity of our high schoolers. Kids were opening up, speaking to the real pains and, and hopes and truths that we all too often tuck behind this facade of, I'm all good. And as they get to the end, one of the youth confesses her fear about the future. All of her friends had moved away to other schools and she's worried about what next year will look like. And she says with tears in her eyes, I don't have any friends that go to my school anymore. A freshman boy reaches across the room with a kind voice and says, hey, we're friends now. I'll see you in class. In Luke's gospel, Jesus is asked by the Jewish leaders, when is the kingdom of God coming? And Jesus responds, the kingdom of God is not coming with things that can be observed, nor will they say, look, here it is, or there it is. For in fact, the kingdom of God is among you. Some translations say the kingdom of God is within you. That's where I've seen glimpses of the kingdom. That's where I look back in all, among you all, within you all. After that night in 2020 where the questions began at the Jenkins, the next day I interviewed with the staff of downtown church. And y'all, I was trying to sound really smart. I can't remember what question was asked, but I remember responding with this quote that I just pulled out. I said, surround yourself with those who seek the truth and stay away from anyone who claims to have found it. Surround yourself with those who seek the truth, but stay away from anyone who claims to have found it. And I don't know what I was saying then. I was nervous. Seven very powerful women were staring me down. (laughs) But this random quote has rang true in these past three years. I've been surrounded with people looking for God, looking for truth. And I think that's the goal of the church. Seeking God, finding awe. And I normally try to steer clear of anyone who pinpoints down exactly who God is or how the incarnate Christ shows up in the world. And you'll notice in my preaching, I rarely try to do it. But I have nothing to lose now. (laughs) So I'm going to let loose, and you might even hear my opinion. And I'll say with great confidence that whenever someone actively chooses to go out of their way to help, to heal, to listen, to embody that moral beauty of courage and kindness, and they do so towards others, that is where I believe our God shows up in the world. That is where I stand in awe of who God is, of what God has done, of what God is doing with this church, with this people, with this city of Columbia, South Carolina. And I undoubtedly believe that this moment of love, of healing, of holy energy is just getting started. 
I believe the future is awesome for downtown church because we worship an awesome God. The God whose strength established the mountains, the God who silenced the roaring seas, the God who answers us with deliverance, who welcomes us into his holy house, the God whose goodness leaves us satisfied. This is the God who I've seen glimpses of here. And you could easily classify this as a sermon of just puffing ourselves up as a great church. Don't be fooled. Downtown church has its problems like any institution. But I love this place. And now I get the joy of loving it from a new perspective. From one where I don't need to care how many people come to church. In truth, I never really did. I don't need to ask for your money or convince you to join as a member or show up to a youth event. No, now I can just stand in awe. In awe of you, in awe of this church, in awe of a God who shows up in strange and funky ways. I think we're challenged to find awe in this world. Thank you for helping me find it. Praise is due to you, O God of Zion. Thanks be to God. Amen.
Will you pray with me? Holy, loving, awesome God, we come before you today praying for all people. We pray for those today that just need to hear that it's going to be all right. Even when it doesn't feel that way, we know through faith in you that at some point it will be all right. We pray for those who have a burden that needs bearing on the cross. We pray for those who feel a heaviness that only you can lift. We pray that they allow you to do the lifting. God, we pray for those who have a soul who doesn't even have a song to sing right now. May they find some melody of joy and hope and contentment in the love that you have for us. Oh, holy God, we pray for a world that needs to be reoriented right now, reoriented to your love, to your grace, to your mercy, to your forgiveness. God, we pray for moments of awe. We pray for questions that cannot be answered that only you have and give us the patience and love to stand by your side. We pray for those seeking the truth, even when it seems hard to find. Lord, we pray for the moral beauty of courage and kindness that we all demonstrate and that your light shines through us on this day. And though we pray for all people, today, today, we want to take a moment and lift up a special prayer for Lucas, Gardner, Brooks, and Jasper. All of us under the sound of my voice right now, cover them in your love. Pray that they continue to walk and be guided by your mercy, following along the Holy Spirit. Keep seeking answers, keep finding all, keep being in all. May you continually be with them and we know you will be with them. Just remind them to always be with you. And just as we see all in you, you see all in us. Fathers, our brother and sister and their children leave this place. They're just leaving a physical space. They're not leaving us and they're not leaving you. We shall all be together in our hearts. And we thank you for that. And as they journey from this place, keep them under your will and instructing them and teaching them just as you taught us how to pray. The prayer of your son. Together we'll pray now. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us please stand. You can find your affirmation of faith in the program. Family, what do we believe? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, 
resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Please remain standing and sing with us. May we live lives that make others ask the question, why? May we find awe. May you continue searching for God. And as we go from this place, may the peace 
and the love of God, which surpasses all understanding. Guard your hearts and your minds until we meet again. Friends, go in peace, but stay in peace, actually. We built this city. If you feel compelled to support the church financially, you can give a secure gift online at downtownchurch.me forward slash give.